Dave Delsing spent 25 years on the PGA Tour and is a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Now he provides his unique perspective as a golfer and network broadcaster. It's time to go On the Range with Jay Delsing. On the Range is brought to you by Pro-Am Golf. Hey, good morning, St. Louis. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got Pearly with me. John Perlis, what's going on this morning? Glad to be here. Another show. Let's get a rolling. All right. We formatted the show like a round of golf. And the uh, first segment is called the On the Range segment. brought to you by Pro-Am Golf. If you need anything for your game, go check out our friends at Pro-Am Golf. They've got um, monitors over there. They've got launch monitors. They've got all the latest computers, all the gear you need. They are ter- And the DeGrands are terrific people. Um Check out our social media outlets. Pearly, do you want to handle the social media? No, you do a good job of it, Jay. You handle it. <laughs> That's because Pearly doesn't even know what social media is. And uh, Twitter is at Jay Delsing. Facebook is uh, Golf with Jay Delsing and Jay Delsing Golf Hospitality. LinkedIn is just Jay Delsing. And we have an Instagram account, 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 account that continues to grow. And we don't announce it because we don't. I boycott uh, the social media stuff. Watch uh, the social dilemma on Netflix, and you'll know exactly where I'm coming yeah, from. Yeah, you've been you've been talking about I'll tell that you a what, little man, bit. That's right? scary stuff. Yep, scary stuff. I want to thank Bob and Kathy Donahue. Three one four eight zero five twenty one thirty two is their number. They do great stuff around your house. If there's something that you need, the home refinishing and painting, which which they specialize in, it's just you know, is really, really busy right now. Uh, give Bob and Kathy a call. They are great peeps. All right, so um, cool show today. We took an old interview that I had with Joe LaCava. He's, a, first of all, world-class human being. Hell, he's world-class caddy, too. Caddy Hall of Fame. Uh, caddy for... Fred Couples for years. Now he's getting for Tiger Woods. A little DJ mixed in, in by there. Ken Green, which Ken Green, a lot of which, people might not know that name. But I'll, if you tell, can, I'll if, tell a really fun story about Ken Green up at the Canadian Open. Um, and um, yeah, so that's what we've. Uh, that's what our show looks like today. Love it. Let's go. All right. So the tour is down in um, uh, down in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, are they playing the same golf course you played? No, we used to play at a play a Jack Nicholas design called Ann and Dale. Right. Okay. And no, now they're playing Jackson Country Club. But I will say this: this is the Sanderson Farms. They, Sanderson Farms has been a phenomenal supporter of the PGA Tour, and given the the uh, uh, that that region just loves, you know, the game down there. They uh, that, that I flew in one year to caddy for you. And uh, I'm wandering around the airport. You couldn't get out there, so I'm trying to figure out how the heck am I going to get from the airport to the golf course. And I run into uh, Andy Bean, and he could tell I was walking in circles. And he's like, uh, you, you need, look a, lost. need a ride to the golf course. And so I said, yeah, thanks a lot. So we go through right away. He's, he's hungry, so we go through some f- fast food uh, drive through uh, window situation. He says, what do you want? I said, nothing. I'm fine. He says, I'm buying I said, and you remember, he was a great big yeah, guy. Yeah. So he had, you know, a couple of burgers himself and yep. a Coke and a couple of orders of fries and stuff. He says, I'm buying. You tell me, 
I'm buying and you don't want anything? I said, Andy, I appreciate it, but I'm really not hungry. He says, I've never seen anything like it. So, so, <laughs> He's also the dude that bit, a, bit the golf ball in half back yeah, when we and, were in and, college. And, Remember the blotter ball? And wrestled the uh, alligators. Yeah. That was always his thing. What a, yeah. what a, I only knew him as a real nice man. I, I, I'm assuming he was. Yeah. And uh, he was one of those big first great big uh, hitters, and he was just a, kind of a mountain of a guy. Yeah. And you know how we kind of screw up our dates and times? and yeah. uh, uh, We? Well, go ahead. Yeah. Well, you've screwed it up again because it's not Sanderson Farms. Well, it's the yeah. Schrader's Hospital in well, Vegas. Do you have any <laughs> stories for that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. can you tell any? Well, well I know uh, the one year we were there and uh, had an earthquake, and you and I are standing in our underwear out in the hall trying to figure out what the hell we're yep. supposed to do next. We're staying at the Golden Nugget, and we're standing under, like, like the hotel's going to come down and the door jam's going to protect us. And, our, and I'm looking outside the window before we did that, and yep. the pool is shaking. Yep. Out of the yep. pool, the water shaking out of the pool, yep. and you and I are running around in circles, yep. uh, trying to get under some door jam on Man, the twelfth that floor. Was, God, that was that's not that was a pretty scary. sight. That was scary. Yeah, that's not a pretty sight. But I wanted to talk one uh, when we go back to Sanderson Farms and we talk about Annandale. I wait a second, they're not playing there. You said no, not this week. That was, uh, but, but it's still, still a, story it's still a good story. Yeah. Oh boy. All right, I so let's be under the bus after he puts the schedule together, meet, and but he's just determined to tell the story. I guess we'll listen to the story. Whose show is it, meet? Uh, golf with John Perlis? Yeah. All right. All right. Perfect. <laughs> Thank then God I'll it's just not. not have to do this. Thank God it's not that. So I I may have told you this. I don't know if I told the story on the show or not, but yeah, tell it again. Tell it again. I'll yep. pretend I I'm never walking heard to the. I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing with uh, Boo Weekly. Oh boy! And uh, just hysterical. And I'm I I am putting so poorly. I don't know what I don't know what what to do. And my caddy, who's Michael Connell, whose brother Chris is mm-hmm. uh, the instructor for mm-hmm. Matt Kuchar, just a great kid. They're from Quincy. Great family. He says to me, "Have you ever tried putting with your eyes closed?" I said, "Give me two balls." He's who, walking who, in who first. Who says that? Michael Connell. Michael, Michael I never, yeah. but I've. I've literally got the feeling I can't make it from a foot, so I'm trying anything. I go on the putting green. I put two balls down. I close my eyes, put two balls from like eight feet. One goes in. The other was like six feet short. You know, like stubbed it. And I, so I, I, I go, well, so you're know, ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. And so we go down the first hole, and Abu is a hell of a ball striker and hits um, uh, a, a, a good drive down there, and I hit a – I think I was hitting a three-wood just so I could find mine. And uh, I popped it up on the green about 15, 18 feet from the hole, stood over with my eyes closed, rolled it right in the hole. Nice. So now, now what do you let do? Me tell you, I'm just you do the completely the freaked out. Oh, I'm in. I'm doing this. But I am so, so completely <laughs> freaked out because I fat again. <laughs> as soon as I close my eyes, I'm like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Right? So long story short, I'm... Um, Five under for the day, wow. or six under for the day, and I go to the fifteenth hole, par three, and I had a really nice iron shot in there, about eight feet. There's probably I don't know twenty thousand people around, and what I've been doing is closing my eyes, putting, and keeping everything close until I hear either people clap or boo, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm getting a little nervous because I'm starting to matter. Yeah, a lot of people yeah, around. Yeah. So I hit this putt from about six feet. And it seems like it's taken a really long time, and I'm not hearing anything. I'm like, oh, I must have missed it. And then all of a sudden, the people start clapping. I look up, and it just falls in the hole. I guess it was just a wobbler down there, and it just fell in. So 
I'm six under par. Uh, make a couple more birdies. Uh, long, long story short, I'm coming to 18. It's par five, water everywhere, and I'm eight under par. Maybe five. you should close your whole, close your eyes on the, off the tee then too. I, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I hit a, a, a really nice drive out there. I hit my three wood straight over the flag stick, and I've got about a 30 footer for eagle to, to wow. shoot 10 under par. Wow. And I'm thinking I'm going to shoot 10 under par today. Closing my ass putting, I'm never going to not putt with my ass closed, right? So there's, I don't know, there's a bunch of people around the 18th green, thousands of people, and I and I hit this putt, and I'm waiting for him to clap and waiting for him, and I don't hear anything. And I look, I'm like, oh, I knocked it about three and a half feet past the hole. So I'm like, that's no big deal. I've made every single one of those today, right? So uh, Boo putts out and whatever, and I'm you know, getting my thing down there, do my deal, and hit this putt, and I'm waiting for people to clap, and there's oh boy, no clapping. I must have pulled it or I missed it. I just missed it. And I'm like, well, still shot 64. But the the interesting thing is, folks, if you ever try this, you've got to try this in your game when you're putting poorly. Because I actually suggested you try it, it a couple it weeks ago. Too. Because what it does, you guys, is it takes away. First of all, it sends fear through your entire body. Like, oh, my but gosh. You know, it, it basically gives you a new problem. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it, it, what it does is it leaves you with nothing but feel. Because now it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss this ball. You swing your putter and you hit the putt and you go, oh, I hit that on the heel, but I hit it. It gives you tremendous amount of feedback. And it also strips your mind of all sorts of crazy. Like all sorts of, oh, my elbow, oh, this, uh, Mm -hmm. right? At least that's what it did for me. Yeah, there's definitely some positive things to it. Uh, Well, what's his, uh, uh, here here I go with the names again. Fox? (laughs) Fox Hound. Jordan Spieth actually was closing his eyes once in a while. Yeah. Uh, not that long ago. When no, he was, he was looking at the hole, wasn't he? He was looking at the hole. This it goes better for the story if you okay. say that he closed okay. his eyes. Yeah, he was closing his eyes. Okay, good. Yeah. We got that settled. Yeah, thank God. Um, but what it does, it's the same. I do that I do that drill all the time and recommend it to folks that I try to help with their putting where you either close your eyes or look at the hole at the end because you stop looking at the ball and you plug into feel yeah. and putting is so yeah, feel. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. golf is feel, so that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, so, um, all right, so that's going to wrap up the On the Range segment. But don't go away because we're going to have about 15 minutes of Joe LaCava, world-class nice. caddy Joe LaCava. Um on Golf with Jay Delsing. WXOS, WXOS HD1 East St. Louis, 101 ESPN. For 67 years, Lou Fuse has been the ride to take. 15 brands at 11 locations. Lou Fuse Automotive, we are St. Louis. Are your workouts more fun than this? Well, if they are, then I want to sign you to an endorsement deal with Michelob Ultra. I'm looking for anyone and everyone who makes working out a blast. If that's you, head to TeamUltra.com for a chance to score awesome perks like Team Ultra gear and more. That's TeamUltra.com to enter. No purchase necessary. Open U.S. residents 21 plus. The official rule at TeamUltra.com. Message to data rates may apply. Void but prohibited. Enjoy responsibly. A.B. Michelob Ultra, Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Are you tired of forking out the big money, all those dollars on golf balls? Well, we finally have an option for you. Let us introduce you to Sniper Brand Golf Balls. This brand new product is a Serlin-covered ball that is just great to play. It's long off the driver, it's accurate with the irons, and importantly, it's soft around the green. And you know what the best part is? 
It's just $23.99 for a dozen. That's right, $23.99, and a portion of every sale goes back to a military or law enforcement agency. Find Sniper Brand online at thesniperbrand.com. Plus, you can follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and check out their entire line of golf products on their website, thesniperbrand.com. And don't forget to check out the Sniper Brand logo. You're going to love it. Let your local farmer's insurance agent, Ed Fogelbach, put his experience to work for you. Ed Fogelbach proudly serves the St. Louis City, County, and Metropolitan area and any of their families and businesses and is ready to review your existing policies or provide a no-obligation quote today. Call the Fogelbach Agency at 314-398-0101 to get smarter about your insurance. Again, that's the Fogelbach Agency at 314-398-0101. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. In these extremely trying times, the management team at Marcone would like to give a shout-out to our 500-plus employees and their families. Their diligence and commitment to each other, our process, and our company are so good that we are obligated to state it publicly. We are so grateful for each and every one of you. You have all contributed to our success, and your dedication is imperative to the continued growth of our company. Thank you for your efforts. Marcone is the largest distributor of General Electric Appliance Parts in North America. Marcone Appliance Parts Company would like to thank Operations Director Jim Wolfington and his team of Marcone distribution employees across the United States who ship millions of next-day critical major appliance parts every single year. They help keep America's kitchen and laundry appliances working for you. Thank you. You've seen it and played it in bars over the past 30 years, and now you can bring golden tea to your home. Complete your basement or man cave with the popular arcade game, the ultimate virtual golfing experience. Over 80 courses, unique game modes, and you can even challenge a buddy in online tournaments. However you play, you will be the talk of your neighborhood. Visit home.goldentea.com to learn more. This is a subject that most people don't want to talk about, but many find themselves facing. Their marriage is ending and they need to find a good lawyer at the most difficult time in their life. Or maybe you're like me, divorced for almost 15 years, but you're still wrestling with hassles, maintenance, and other hard-to-figure-out issues. Do yourself a favor and call 314-788-3030. That's the law office of my buddy and attorney, Henry Miller. I was living under the burden of unfair maintenance and a few other things that could only be settled in the courtroom. My only regret is that I didn't use Henry years ago. He is first and foremost smart and hardworking. But what was really important to me is that he listened. He's also fair and extremely honest. We had an odd issue arise where I had paid for something that was not allowed to be used in our case. After one call and an email, it was settled and that charge was removed. Do yourself a favor and call Henry Miller. He is the man you can trust when you need him the most. You can also reach him at GrantMillerSmith.com. Grab your clubs. We're headed to the front nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The front nine is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Golf Classic. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. i got Pearly with me. Brad Barnes has taken great care of us here at the ESPN Studios. And we are going to the front nine. Brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. Um, and just hang in there with us, folks. Got to go, We're going to get PGA Tour golf back in town next year. 
It'll be um, worth the wait. Yep, it'll be great. Norwood will be a, a great venue, and uh, you're going to get to see a lot of great golf. And Jim Furyk has been, uh, he's one for one. Yep, his, absolutely. Uh, senior events, we got Philly Mick one for one. So who the hell knows who might be playing there next year? Could be year. a lot of fun for a couple of years yeah. on that, uh, bringing in some of that new blood like that. Yeah, absolutely. I want to uh, thank Whitmore Country Club for sponsoring the show again for the second year. 636-926-9622 is their number. Call Bill Brungart. He is the membership director. He's a terrific guy. He will show you around. He'll let you play some of the golf. Um, they're doing something um, really special with their social distancing and opening their outdoor patios. And um, they're just rocking out there. Their membership numbers are up. People are playing more golf. When you join out at Whitmore, you get access to 90 holes of golf. You get the 36 there at the complex. You get the Links of Dardeen, the Golf Club of Wentzville, the Missouri Bluffs, no cart fees. They've got a large pool complex, two large pool po- complexes, actually. Uh, no food or beverage minimums. 24-hour fitness center. The Kids Club is a big deal. You can drop your children off. They get to hang out with other kids. They can play video games. Games. They can go swimming. They're well looked after. You can take your significant other, your girlfriend, your wife, your husband, and, and go play golf, have a drink, go have dinner. So much to do out there. You can go see our friend Bummer in the golf shop. Uh, he's a treat. And they do a, a spectacular job of running golf leagues and skins games, members events, couples events. You just got to go out and see see them at, at uh, Whitmore Country Club. You can visit them at WhitmoreGolf.com. All right. Let's- I, got, I got to say something. You know, every time you do that uh, Whitmore commercial, yep. I, I love it. And you talk about it's not extra for a cart and it's not minimum food and that yep. kind of stuff. You're not getting nickel and dimed. Yep. When I was growing up, I was lucky enough to be a member through my parents at, at a country club. And everything we would do as kids, you know, golf balls, chit, range balls, chit, hot dog, chit, fries, chit. You know, the little chits you had to sign. Yep. And those chits would get sent home at the end of the month. Yep. And there'd be just a pile of chits. <laughs> <laughs> my father, he would look at that. And at one point, there was four or five of us running around that club signing chits, all the girls at the swimming pool, at the tennis. I'm doing the golf, and these chits were forever. So my dad, you know, he'd sit there and say, hey, you can't do so much of these, you know, back off a little bit, that kind of stuff. I had a friend, you know this guy, Steve Moore. His parents would sit them down, all the boys, there was four boys, and they would divide the chits up on who spent what and did what. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. First of all, that meeting would take three days if, yep. it, if, it, if it was us. But it's nice that they're not getting nickel and dimed at uh, – at, at this property, and it just can make it a whole lot more enjoyable. You know what the heck it's going to cost you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the golf numbers are up, and so you it's it's a it's a it's a fun place to go uh, to go hang out. All right, so let's go to our interview with Joe Lacava. Joe Lacava currently caddies for Tiger Woods. It's been a long time, buddy, uh, in the Caddy Hall of Fame. Uh, he also worked for uh, for Fred Couples when he won the 1992 Masters Tournament. So let's go here. Uh, from Joe LaCava. Is it his time? Yes! There it is! Can you believe it? Joe LaCava is brought to you by Golden Tee. Man, we've known each other for over 30 years. Let's talk about life on the PGA Tour back in the 80s when we first met. Man, what a difference. Yeah, no, from a caddy perspective, it's crazy. I mean, um, you know, for us, 
things have gotten so much better and so much more positive in a lot of ways. And same for you guys as well. Um, you know, forget the fact that you know, we're making better money as caddies and so on and so forth, which is obviously terrific. Um, but, you know, the, the way of life is better. You know, you, you can afford now to have one roommate instead of three or four. You can afford to fly places instead of having to drive everywhere. Um, the accommodations at the golf course are nicer. You know, they've got nice food for us. They've got indoor places with TVs and air conditioning in the summer and, you know, maybe even heat like at Pebble Beach and places like mm-hmm. that. So things have gotten a lot better for us um, in those 25, 30 years that I've been out there. And I think the tour brass with the new regime with Jay Monahan and so on and so forth, um, they are really looking out for us as well. And, you know, they feel like we're a big part of the, the show out there and they're treating us very, very nicely, very well at the PGA Tour these days. So it's kind of, it's very nice. It's come a long ways from the days, like you said, back in the 80s when it was, you know, it wasn't bad, but it certainly wasn't like it is today. Well, Joe, I mean, back in the 80s, guys were driving to every event. And guys were, you know, sleeping four and five in a hotel room. And, no, you know, there wasn't, we weren't playing for any money. One of the things that I so admire about you is that, you know, you and Megan have been married for a long time, have two kids, and you, you've you seen it all, ups and downs. Yeah, you know, great point, without a doubt. I mean, back in the day when you first started, I, I would say maybe 10% of the guys had families. Um, I don't know what the numbers are now, but I'm, I'm guessing it's certainly more, probably more than half of that now because, like you said, you made a good point. You can afford to still do this job now and have a family. Whereas back in the day, in the late 80s, you know, you can make a living and survive, obviously. And obviously the top dogs were making an okay living and could, could do well and survive. But if you weren't working for a guy in the top 10 or 15, um, like I said, you were making a living and surviving. But I don't think you were making enough to support a family or certainly not to support a family with kids. Uh, nowadays, the tour, you know, with Tiger coming along, the person going up, he's, you know, he's allowed us to make a great living and to also have a family while we do this on the road. So that, in that respect, it's, it's tremendous for guys like me that do have kids and family. So, Joe, take us back to who was the first bag that you had on the PGA Tour? What was that like? My first bag was Ken Green, uh, Tournament of Champions, 1987. That was my first full-time gig and had a great run with Ken. You know, we had three years together. Um, he ended up winning, I think, three, event, three events on the tour, actually back-to-back in 88. And then he won another one in 89, and he won a big tournament in Japan. So it was a great three-year run for him and for us together. And uh, he always gave me my start and kind of, you know, I learned the ropes through him and always be grateful for that start for sure. I always had a soft spot for Greeny. I remember coming to, I think, Danbury. Was he, and and uh, he had an, an event there. We raised some money for a local charity. That's the first time that I ever got to hang out with you a little bit. And... Um, uh, man, I, what, people don't realize what a good player Ken Green was back in the day, Ryder Cup player, and uh, he was absolutely, he was a little crazy, but absolutely fearless. Very fearless, uh, you know, very, very good player, great short game. Um, and like you mentioned, 1988, he actually won twice that year, which, you know, back then that was a big deal. I mean, guys do it kind of regularly now, but back then if you won two or three times, you were pretty close to winning the money list and player of the year kind of thing. He won back-to-back events for two wins, and he actually lost two others in playoffs. So it could have been, you know, it could have been, you know, an incredible year. Like I said, especially for back then when guys didn't win more than two or three times in one year. Um, and yes, fearless, I would say, was, was a great adjective for Ken Green. Um, you know, he won. You know, I'm not sure when he won. I think he won five times in his career. But if he was ever up there, you knew he was going to, you know, give it his all to close the deal. 
and get everything he had. He was not going to back down from anyone. No, he, he only knew the gas. He did not know where the brake was. Right. Exactly. Good point. Exactly. So, so, Joey, so talk about how you got hooked up with Fred and what a great run you had with Fred. Yeah, no, I mean, I love him like a brother over 20 years together. Um, at the end of 89, uh, Ken decided to bring his brother out, who was out of work at the time. And his brother was a little bit older than me and had a wife and a couple of kids. So I, I respected the heck out of that fact that he wanted to take care of his brother. So we split, but, you know, we didn't, Ken didn't figure this out until Disney tournament, which was the last term of the year. And, and back then, this is 1989. And so uh, when he told me that week, I was, you know, I was bummed for sure and frustrated. Um, and so the first name that popped into my mind was, you know, Fred Couples, because knowing earlier that year, Fred and his caddy had split, and Fred was trying different guys throughout the rest of that season, the second half of 89, um, in the hopes of hiring someone full-time for the following year. Now, obviously, I didn't get that chance because I was working for Ken at the time, and everything was going very well. But I approached Fred regardless. Uh, I can't remember which day it was, earlier in the week, and I mentioned to him that I was looking for work for the following year, starting in 1990. And he gave me the old, you know, the token, all right, give me a call over the winter kind of thing. And so I had his number, and I called him, I want to say maybe Thanksgiving time, and left a message, didn't hear back. Then I called him again mid-December, nothing back. And then finally I called him around Christmas time, and I said, look, you don't have to feel bad about telling me no if you don't want any part of me or hired someone. I just kind of got to figure out where I'm going with this. I haven't really pursued anything else. And obviously, this is back in 1989, so there's no texting. There's not even any cell phones. So you can't get a hold of guys in the offseason. Did we even did we even have email then, Joe? I don't even think there was email back then. <laughs> if there was, I didn't have it. I mean, you can't I, I, I still don't own a computer. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, so anyways, uh, he so he finally gave me a call back, which was great. And he gave me a, a four-week shot. He's said, all right, let's do the West Coast. I play four events. And, you know, fortunate enough for me, those are some of his favorite events. He played, he started the Bob Hope where he actually lives and was familiar with the golf courses. And he uh, played Phoenix, San Diego, and L.A. And I think, I think he had three top tens. I know he had a win, but he had three top tens and he won L.A., which I didn't know at the time was one of his favorite golf courses of all time. He shot 62 on that Saturday and went on to win the tournament. This is 1990. So, you know, four great tournaments which certainly had nothing to do with me working for him. It's just the fact that he was a heck of a player, and uh, those were some of his favorite events. And I, to this day, I'm not sure he ever officially told me I was hired. He, I remember he just wrote me a check and said, I'll see you in Miami. <laughs> so I didn't ask any questions. I figured I've got the job. I don't know, or at least I got through Miami. <laughs> and then uh, that lasted 21 years, crazy enough. And like I said, we, we became extremely good friends. Um. I went to his wedding. I went to his 40th, you know, surprise birthday party. He was kind enough to come up to Connecticut for my for my wedding. So um, great with my family and my kids. You know, an incredible 21 years. Um, you know, we won a lot of tournaments, contended a lot, made a lot of cuts. But more importantly, you know, we got along great, and he treated me, you know, like family almost versus you know, like I'm 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 his employee and caddy. It was terrific. Well, Joe, not all those relationships. <laughs> go like that as we know and uh that's that says a lot to you the other thing that i wanted to talk about is um what what give our listeners some sort of special story or some sort of something that just 
you'll never forget about working for Fred because I've, I've just the level of golf that you've seen is remarkable. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think what you know, people always say to me is, is he great a guy as he seems on TV? He seems so cool and not flustered and this, that, and the other thing. Um, you know, the thing for me that always sticks out in the back of my mind is how well and how nice he treated my kids when he'd come through. Like, when the playoffs first started, we you, you, we'd play the first leg, which was in New York, and they'd go up to Boston, which wasn't until Friday starts. So we had a couple of days to kill, and he'd come up here and he'd hang out with the kids, play catch with the kids, you know, hit balls with the kids, baseball and softball they were into at the time. Uh, maybe we'd go to the local golf course and he'd, we'd have two or three groups and he'd yuck it up and hang out with all my guys uh, playing golf. You know, he doesn't he doesn't ever come across as, you know, an icon or a superstar in the sport. He was just one of the guys, and everyone loves that about him. Um, you know, just, just like I said, a regular guy, no airs about him, even though, he, you know, he's a Masters champion and a Hall of Fame golfer and so on and so forth. So that to me was – that to me, you know, I always – speak highly of him for those reasons. And he still texts my kids and my wife to this day on a fairly regular basis. And he's just one of those guys that's just a great, great guy. And I think, you know, people, people realize that, but I think if they see, can see the other side of him, how he is with kids and people and how he interacts with people, it's just terrific. Yeah, that is, that is an awesome thing to know. So Joe, tell us about, you were on the bag for the 92 masters. Right. How in the hell did his ball stay up? on number 12 when he hit a short and right of the green? You know, heck of a question, Jay. Um, <laughs> I, I think I tell people, it is, it's a great question. I think I tell people the same thing I said. You know, Fred very, really mishit shots. And, you know, he, he stuck this one in the ground a little bit for him, which, I mean, isn't much of a miss hit because he hits it so darn solid. Um, I think the bigger break, or not miracle, but the bigger break was the fact that on that line, it carried as far as it did because, like I said, he didn't hit it very well and kind of stuck in the ground. And as you know, when he's sticking the ground, you know, a little high riser to the right that doesn't travel very far. So the fact that it carried the water, I thought, was just as big a deal as the fact that it didn't roll back into into the creek. I guess the story goes, we had, we had some storms there Saturday afternoon, and we actually finished Saturday's run on Sunday morning. And they got a pretty good storm on Saturday afternoon. So obviously the bank was kind of wet and muddy, and I think – you know, the fact that the ball hit hit soft was part of it. I also heard after the fact that, you know, as legend goes, I don't know if this for a fact or not, but I heard they were out there trying to mow the bank on Sunday morning before the fourth round, and I guess it was so slippery that they called the guys off from mowing the bank because they didn't want anybody to get hurt or injured, and maybe that had something to do with it. But I think it was just more of the softness, and I think, you know, good guys deserve a break here and there, and I think that was it more than anything. You know, Fred's a heck of a good guy, and he deserved a break and got a break there. And then, you know, on, on Tuesday or Monday, that chip is very routine. Not so much on Sunday afternoon, but the fact that he hit it up there about eight, ten inches was awesome, too. People don't realize he did that as well. That's going to wrap up the LaCava interview, and it's going to wrap up the front nine. But don't go anywhere. John and I are going to talk about uh, Joe LaCava uh, on the back nine. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Are your workouts more fun than this? Well, if they are, then I want to sign you to an endorsement deal with Michelob Ultra. I'm looking for anyone and everyone who makes working out a blast. If that's you, hit to TeamUltra.com for a chance to score awesome perks like Team Ultra gear and more. That's TeamUltra.com to enter. No purchase necessary. Open U.S. residents 21 plus. See official rules at TeamUltra.com. Message and data rates may apply. Void were prohibited. Enjoy responsibly. A.B. Michelob Ultra, Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. 
Are you in the market for some new clubs? Maybe a bag and the latest style of sweet new shoes. Is this the year you decide to stop listening to your buddy's advice and get some real golf instruction? If any of these appeal to you, then go to Pro-Am Golf today. Pro-Am Golf has all the latest gear from all the major manufacturers. Call Steve today at 314-781-7775 and schedule a lesson with Tom DeGrand. Tom is the best. He's been in the game for over 50 years, so you take that knowledge along with their state-of-the-art equipment, and boom, your game will get a whole lot better. Visit them at ProAmGolfUSA.com. USA Mortgage is doing it again. Joe Schieser and his staff have lowered rates again this month, and they will waive closing costs if you want to refinance to get cash out, lower your rate, shorten your term, or eliminate that costly, unnecessary mortgage insurance. If you are purchasing a property, they can issue a pre-approval letter within minutes. They are the largest mortgage company in the state of Missouri, and their volume allows them to quote the lowest rates. Don't waste your time with the national online brokers. USA Mortgage is employee-owned and operated right here in St. Louis. Joe Schieser has closed over $500 million in loans in nearly 30 years in the business and over $2 million alone to Delsing's. Okay, so you and your family are looking to join a country club. Well, I need to recommend to you Whitmore Country Club. They've got 90 holes of golf in the membership out there. You have access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, the Golf Club of Wentzville, and all the cart fees are already included in your membership. There's no food or beverage minimums and no assessments. My friend Bummer in the golf shop is a phenomenal guy. You've got to go out and check him out. He and the staff out there run golf leagues, skins games, members tournaments, couples events, Available all year round. There's a kids club in the main clubhouse, and they have a huge fitness center. There's three tennis courts if you're not into golf, a gigantic pool for you and your family to use. Year-round social calendar is spectacular. There's holiday parties, picnics, date nights, always have live music, and much, much more. If you're looking for a family-friendly, safe place to hang out, you got to check out Whitmore Country Club. Call them at 636-926-9622. We're halfway there. It's time for the Back Nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The Back Nine is brought to you by Vogelbach Agency with Farmers Insurance. All right, welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Burley is with me, and we are headed to the Back Nine, brought to you by the Vogelbach Agency with Farmers. Um, Folks, if you need any sort of insurance products, the Vogelbach and Ed and his family uh, will take great care of you. So, um... John, you've caddied. How many events do you think you've caddied on the PGA yeah, we've Tour? Had, we've talked about this a couple of times. I want to say 50, 60? Yeah, I'd say somewhere between part? 50 and 75, yeah, something like something that. Something like that. Um, so, what's your perspective? So, here's a guy, and I got an old tell a Ken Green story back in the day when we were playing the Canadian Open together in the last group. Because you're talking about Ken Green because that's where Joe Lukava started. Joe Lukava yep. started yep. working for Ken Green. Yep. Yep. And that's a character right there. Oh, my gosh. Florida Gator. I can tell that story now. So Ken Green was an absolutely fearless golfer. He was a Ryder Cup player. He won four or five times on the PGA Tour. And and, uh, one of the fastest players you'd ever play with. He also putted with a putter that was about... 22 inches long. Always, or was that just in spurts Not or at always, the end? but yeah. it was one of his kids' putters, and yeah. he realized, hell, I'm putting with this putter, and I'm making a bunch of putts when he's out playing with his yeah. kids, and so he played with it on tour. We are playing, um, uh, I'm, he's got a one-stroke lead over me, and we're playing in the last group uh, in the middle of July, whenever Canada Day is. July 1st, I think. Okay. 
So I think we're playing, um, and he goes. Let's see, how does this go? He makes an unbelievable par, hits his ball in the water, and plays it out of the water. Makes an unbelievable par on number nine, and we're cruising along. And I think I'm one or two strokes back, and I make a triple bogey on number eleven. We play one more hole, and the the skies open up, and it is a it's a del, deluge. No, no more golf that day. Typically, because half the field didn't play. This is Glen Abbey, right? Didn't finish. That round would be washed out, and the tournament would be washed out. And I would have finished solo second. Ken Green would have won. But the next day was Canada Day, I believe, and so they brought us back. Pearl, we come back the next morning, 7 a.m. start. We went from 85-degree weather, beautiful, sunny, warm, the kind of stuff I like, to 35, blowing 35, storm came in, rainy, and now it's on. And I'm thinking... Oh my gosh! I just, you know, I, I had a. Can I have second place, please? I know. I had <laughs> such a chance, you know, to to win. Anyway, I go out the next morning and I finish. I think I wind up playing the last six holes like two under or something. I wind up finishing fourth or whatever. Mm-hmm. Still had a good event, but watching Ken Green, he had this huge lead. He, um, it was like four or five strokes, and he four putts number 17. Wow. Remember how aggressive he was with his putter? He had a really short, mm-hmm. quick, kind of jabby stroke. But, man, hot. When he got hot, everything went in. And I'll never forget watching this. I'm standing there. You know, there's sure. he and I are the last two guys in the golf course, and he just can't get it in the hole on the 17th. Mm-hmm. And he winds up dropping his putter, kicking his putter, you know, all this stuff. And then... Uh, goes and and um, and pars of birdies eighteen the par five and winds up still winning, but just a crazy time. But I do, the other thing that you know when you out on the PGA tour and you're playing on Sunday, there's all these people around. I'm in the last group. There's thousands and thousands of people around, and then you come back the next day. Monday's usually kind of a buzzkill, right? People are back to work. Well, Canada is first of all the Canadian people are some of my favorite people in the really, whole wide really world into, into their golf too yeah and they come back the next day and there's just as many people out there and it is cold and it is looking like a day that you do not want to be outside and they're like this is nothing and they supported that event and uh and Ken Green won that that tournament and Joe Lacava was on the bag for that mm. it was it was bizarre though Ken no, he Antics was, he, and he crazy, was, he was, and a lot of crazy. Yeah, he had a lot of crazy, yep. a lot of crazy stuff going yep. on through his many times in his career, and and uh, not everybody liked the guy. No, no, he was abrasive. He'd say stuff trying to be funny, like, "What are you going to do?" Like I was going in the press room before he was after our third round, so we knew we were going to be paired together. I waited for he finished ahead of me, so he was in the press room, and they said, what are you going to do tonight? He goes, I'll probably have a couple of beers and kick my wife around a little bit, and you know, and, and he's trying to be funny, yeah. and he wasn't me. He's not a, a, an abusive guy that way, but the people are like, ah, yeah. don't say that. Yeah. Not good. I knew a little of him because uh, one of my friends went to uh, University of Florida as well, Gator, so I, I knew some of the antics uh, from his college days, too. And he was, yeah, he was, uh, I think, fairly often across that line some. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to describe so, it. So the, I, the reason I bring that up is so that's where Joe kind of gets his start. He gets yeah. to start with the guy that crosses the line from time to time. So he's got, he, he has a character 
and, and kind of a little bit different dude, but also, like both you and Joe said, one heck of a player. Oh, one heck of a player. And I'm telling you, absolutely fearless. Yeah. Fearless. He would hit any shot anytime and, and, and quite often pull it off. But um, so, Pearl, my t- my, I want your take on Joe. So you've been around the caddy world a little bit. You know, it's cool for you to be able to dip a toe into that kind of world and see how. That's all you back, want. That's all you want is a toe in that world. Just a tiny little, yeah, toe. little toe. Because, what, because back in our day, the caddies were treated not well. Yeah, well, it's, you know, second secondaries, but it's not like you sat there and said, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm not being treated well." It's just you're you're a caddy. But but, but Pearl, was it because you weren't being treated well, or because the tour was just not like it is now? Like yeah, the tour, yeah, there, I don't think there was as much money, and and I I have to say, I didn't ever feel not treated well. It's like I knew what the gig was. If I come in this game, I'm not. I can't go in the clubhouse. I need to kind of sit, sit back. You know, but Jay, you and I both caddied as kids. We weren't allowed in the clubhouse. We were have to act a certain way. We stood in a certain place. We did this thing. We got done. We handled ourselves a certain way. So I don't know that it was anything, you know, other than that. And some people you worked for when you were a kid as a caddy were pretty good folks. And some some people weren't such great folks. Yep. So not a whole lot different. I'll tell you, you were always great to caddy for. I mean, we were buddies on top of that. But some of the guys that you played with, had a different perspective, yep. and uh, yep. you know, I was in a position where I didn't have to take it, and I got more of a <laughs> kick out of it than anything else. Going like, yeah, okay, dude, that, that's not going to happen, right? But uh, yeah, dipping the toe in it, you know, I, I would reference where I would stand as Caddy Alley, yep. You know, and some of the stories you hear from some of these guys, because when I first started caddying for you, it was I would say at the end of that era, yes. And you had you had some crazy characters out there and you know there, there was six to a car and, and eight to a room yep. and that kind of stuff and that's and they were living hard they were living uh, hard that yep. kind of stuff and that that changed i got to see that you know uh to some level through the years we're not seeing that at all anymore i no, mean we're not seeing that, that at you all can't afford any that no it's and there's too much on the line and mm-hmm. you know could you imagine if we were somehow if i was able to squeeze my way on tour and have a uh the length of career that i had i and i would have said to you hey do you want to do you want to just caddy for me full time? You might consider it. Yeah, because maybe, because I I only mean it because it's a hard life. No, People it's don't not, realize right. how hard. Even quote there, it's better we'll call it, or they treat you great now, whatever. But the life of a pro is a tough time. You're on the road 30, 40 weeks of the year. Yes, sales guys are too, but you're not tromping around outside. You're not. You know, so I don't know. I, I just saw it as I thoroughly enjoyed it. But anytime I was out there more than two weeks, I was worn out, man. I oh, was yeah. I was done. Long days. You, you had a couple of rain delays in there. Yep. Phew wee. That was uh that was long stuff. Tell everybody <clears throat> about the, the weight of the bag on how heavy the bag was when I was playing well. All depended on your score. You no doubt. I didn't know I had no. one on my back if you were playing good. <laughs> and if we if I let's put it this way. If we had nine holes to go and you weren't going to make the cut, I'm looking for wheels to put oh, on that thing. Oh, I don't blame you. Can I leave some clothes? Where the was tree? the heaviest? We were... Where's the heaviest you ever? Do you ever remember oh, where you like? So the heaviest. And, you started giving clubs the, away. The, you were making the cut, so it wasn't heavy that way. But it was literally heavy because of all the rain and all the soak, and that was getting 34 and a half holes uh, at uh, Brown Deer in Wisconsin that oh, one yeah. year. I mean, yeah. it was 90 degrees, humid. I was. I mean, I'm. I was still in pretty good shape. I'm thinking, how am I going to make this thing? Yeah. It, it, it was hard. I see some of those guys. They didn't look like they were in very nope. good shape. And, and very few, not too many caddy downs. No, no, we don't. Not, not too many you caddies know, I don't went know. down. When, when was the hardest as far as uh, 
Carrie, and just virtually any time you weren't going to make the cut, I'm like, how fast can I get home, and when can I get this thing off my back? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, but exactly. You were, you were good there, too. I can't imagine missing a cut and not ha- and having a player that's not a good guy or being kind of a jerk or, you know, throwing a little temper tantrum. Because it's hard for everybody at that at that point because you know what's next. Yep. Now you got to go clean out the locker room. Yep. Go get in line, figure out how am I going to get a flight out because I didn't book ahead of time right. uh, the, the flight because I'm thinking we're going to make the cut. So right. then we're going to wait at the airport for God who only knows. knows. Yep. Maybe it's a day or two that you yep. can't even get out. Yep. So there was nothing – one Nothing of the things that it. we were terrible at is we never hung around. We I can remember horrible, when we were down horrible. in Mexico that one year, we could have gone out and rented jet skis or had a cerveza or two at an ultra, whatever, and we hightailed it out of there. And I remember getting on the airplane going, why am I leaving here? Yeah, it made, it made no sense. Yeah. But at the time, I was running a company, yep. too. Yep. So if I wasn't like in there, my brain would go to the company. And yep. I'm, you know, it was yep. back in the day where it wasn't as much email, texting, yep. easy to communicate and get right. things done, certainly no video conferencing. So if I wasn't there, I'm like, I got to get back at the company. Your sisters were always pissed off at me when I missed a cut of in. You came home a couple days early. <laughs> they loved it when I was on the road. They, they called did. you to say thank they you. They did. They'd call me and say, they'd go hey, meet. They'd go, hey, when is, when's John Kenny for you next? I'm like, oh, okay, I got to get, we'll get some on the schedule. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. Well, that's going to wrap up the back nine. Um, come back, we have the, 19, the Michelob Ultra 19th hole, and this is Golf with Jay Delsing. The 100,000-watt blowtorch for St. Louis sports, driven by Auto Centers Nissan, home of the 30-day return. WXOS and WXOS HD1, East St. Louis, 101 ESPN. In these extremely trying times, the management team at Marcone would like to give a shout-out to our 500-plus employees and their families. Their diligence and commitment to each other, our process, and our company are so good that we are obligated to state it publicly. We are so grateful for each and every one of you. You have all contributed to our success, and your dedication is imperative to the continued growth of our company. Thank you for your efforts. Marcone is the largest distributor of General Electric Appliance Parts in North America. Marcone Appliance Parts Company would like to thank Sean Young and the entire Marcone Information Technology Team for zero web failures this past year. That's right, zero web failures, meaning zero frustration for... Marcone's valued customers. Great job, everyone. You've seen it and played it in bars over the past 30 years, and now you can bring Golden Tea to your home. Complete your basement or man cave with the popular arcade game, The Ultimate Virtual Golfing Experience. Over 80 courses, unique game modes, and you can even challenge a buddy in online tournaments. However you play, you will be the talk of your neighborhood. Visit home.goldentea.com to learn more. When things come out of left field, having a game plan matters. Farmers Insurance has over 90 years of experience helping people play through every stage of the game. We've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. Talk to Farmers Agent Ed Fogelbach at 314-398-0101 to see how they can help you stay in the game. That's Ed Fogelbach at 314-398-0101. We are Farmers. USA Mortgage is doing it again. Joe Schieser and his staff have lowered rates again this month, and they will waive closing costs if you want to refinance to get cash out, lower your rate, shorten your term, or eliminate that costly, unnecessary mortgage insurance. 
If you are purchasing a property, they can issue a pre-approval letter within minutes. They are the largest mortgage company in the state of Missouri, and their volume allows them to quote the lowest rates. Don't waste your time with the national online brokers. USA Mortgage is employee-owned and operated right here in St. Louis. Joe Schieser has closed over $500 million in loans in nearly 30 years in the business and over $2 million alone to Delsing's. For the last 48 years, Pro-Am Golf has been providing outstanding customer service to the greater St. Louis area for all of our golf needs. From top-of-the-line equipment to full-service club repair lessons and instructions. They now have their own retail outlet as well as state-of-the-art computers, cameras, and things to customize all of your personal club fitting needs. Pro-Am Golf carries all the major brands. They also have the latest fashion trends from Puma Golf. Whatever your needs, Pro-Am Golf will meet them and have the best customer service in the industry. Call us at 314-781-7775 or find us at ProAmGolfUSA.com. Grab your friends, a cold one, and pull up a chair. We're on to the 19th hole on golf with Jay Delsing. The 19th Hole is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. i got Pearlie May with me, and we are headed to the Michelob Ultra 19th Hole. Okay, I can remember finishing the story before we said, when, when was the bag the heaviest? Oh, yeah. I know it was heaviest for both of us, certainly for you, was when your ex-father-in-law would always, you'd be packing up your bag. And you'd have a couple pairs of shoes and would have an umbrella and you'd have your rain clothes and you'd end up with two or three extra dozen golf balls and who knows what else that would go in that. Now this I'd is, even put some laundry and stuff yeah, in bunch there. Of other stuff. Yep. Now you're you're a guy that's Dirty been laundry. between high school, college, and pro golf. You've done this hundreds of times. You know it's gonna fit. And that gentleman would stand there and say to you, Jay, I don't think it's gonna all fit. How often would he say that? Every single time every he'd look at me and i remember <laughs> and you just missed the cut so i'm already thinking you know you shouldn't get that close to him right now because he's, he's, he's being a gentleman but he could blow any second i i i i'll do i do have to tell this story too we're standing i think we're at tucson and you're oh, getting yeah. for me oh, yeah. and um and he comes over and um he says to you uh how you doing you said Doing just fine. Doing just fine. He says, uh, the bag heavy? And you're like, it's pretty heavy. And I can remember watching him. I, I remember this conversation. Oh, I, I remember was, this. Like, I was I like, get the water cooler. My heart's pounding right yep, now. I remember right. this. And I look at it, and he, he, he holds the bag up like two inches off the ground and goes, for a second. Doesn't feel that heavy to me. <laughs> and it was that was one of those rain things where there was rain this, rain that, umbrella. Yep. My each of my shoes weighs about four and a half pounds at yep. this point. Yep. Yeah. No. And I, I can remember I hit my tee shot and we're walking down. This was a tenth, I think, right? The tenth. Yes. At uh, Tucson, and I said, "What did my? What was my? Uh, what was he saying to you?" And he was like, "You don't want to know." <laughs> He was he was a nice enough guy. Yeah. But uh yeah, and, and so that was always the joke. Now, meet any time I'm with Jay, caddying or the years after that and that kind of stuff, and we'd be packing up after a tournament, whether win, lose, draw, whatever it may have been. Every time he puts his club in his travel bag, I would say, I don't think it's gonna fit. Yeah. I'm like, nah, me neither. I better not take it. Oh my gosh. Um Pearl, one of the things that, uh, I, for some reason, my mom has been on my mind so much. You know, uh, she passed away a couple of years ago. Do you remember, <laughs> my mom, God bless her, my mom and dad would follow me. They never watched a hole of golf until I got on tour. No junior golf, you know, it was like, I remember playing junior golf. And they're like, how'd you do? I'm like, oh, I won. We're having dinner. Like, oh, that's nice. 
You know what I mean? And yeah. then all the UCLA days, they're at UCLA. We didn't have the, the means to do any traveling yeah. and stuff like that. And so they come and watch on the golf course. And my dad and mom would be on opposite sides of the fairway. You know, my mom is wearing out the rosary. You know, Hail Mary full of grace. My dad's over there breaking sticks like, you know, while I'm putting poking his head around the tree right in my line of putt. I'm like, Pearl, look at there's my dad over there. I, I, can we get my dad out of there? But do you remember the time and I think it's the U.S. Open that you caddied uh, U.S. Open qualifier, 36 holes out of Fox Run when I made it through to go to Wingfoot. Oh, of course I remember that. And my mom, who's extremely hard of hearing especially with her hearing aids in, and when you took them out, she got nothing. And she would walk down the middle of the fairways and not realize that we were heading in our T-shirt yet. She realized it. She just wanted to make sure you knew she was there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was so funny. Because so I also be- remember it was a long, hot day because I was also coming off of uh, surgery. Oh, yeah. I, got, I was bandaged up like I just had gotten shot. You had some uh, uh, skin, skin cancer, cancer removed. removed. Yeah. yeah, so then I'm out there. I'm sure that's what I was that supposed was to helpful. do two days yeah. after I have th- that removed. But, uh, yeah, I remember that was a long, tough day. But it's your mother. I don't remember her age at that point. She walked 36. Well, yeah, I can, I can tell you that was 06, so she was 74. So she had walked actually more than 36 because no, it was a couple was holding that 76 yeah it was a couple hole playoff too yeah yep. 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 so she was out there she was a tough lady yep she oh, oh there no <laughs> question about that but i i can just remember um uh, bernie federko was getting for me one time out at um boone valley and and there were some holes that kind of you know where the the uh, spectators would cross and my mom would just kind of manage to stick herself right in the middle of it and stop <laughs> And we're like, I said, guys, she can't hear him. Sorry, just hit it over her head. She, she did. And they're like, I don't think I should. I'm like, all right. So I hit it over her head, and then I went up and said, Mom, you got to come over this way. That's what we should do some show is tell mother mother golf stories. Just our, our moms relative to our careers or things they said or whatever. Because my mom traveled with me one week, one one time. And after a day and a half, it was enough. She was trying to figure out how to get home. But uh, moms are a big deal uh, in all different ways. So maybe we should have a little segment, some some yeah. show on that. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Um, so I, I, I just I want to give the guys, the, the listeners, um, some sense, Pearl, of the caddy. The caddy and... When you're playing on tour... Everybody looks at it now, and it's and it's brought up now. Where it's a team deal, you know. It's it's uh, Michael yeah. Greller and Jordan Spieth and and Jimmy Johnson and JT and all, and all these uh, Joe uh, uh, with Ricky and and stuff like that. Um, when you're there's there's also there's some sort of teamwork that goes along with the caddies. Where you know, if um, we hit it in the fairway bunker. You know, and uh, didn't hit a great shot out. You know, oftentimes you hit a fairway bunk a little fast. I just remember when, remember when your bag was the heaviest. Okay. Sorry, I okay. have to go back to this. Go. Very early in the round in Vegas when we're playing one of oh, those no. side holes. Oh, no. And you hit it, it just a very, short of a second. It was the very uh, first hole. You hit it short of the bunker, and you got this ball perched up. You could hit driver. You could hit a it's wedge. It's the most perfect lie you've ever seen it, in your life. I, if there, there could have been a tee under it. There wasn't, but that's how pretty this thing was sitting. Gorgeous. It's a par so, five, right? Yep. And so, bump it over this bunker. You got plenty of room to work with on the green. Oh, this bunker might be, you could possibly might be have. 10 yards deep, maybe, and there's lots of room and everything else. And, <laughs> <laughs> this is back in the day when the chipping was not your strength. And you chip that thing maybe halfway across oh, the no, bunker oh, no, oh, and, no. and plug it. Oh, no. And I'm and, sitting there thinking to myself, 
Oh my god. <laughs> that is the single worst shot I've oh, certainly this from was, a professional, but I'm oh, thinking Oh no. My back in amateur years. Oh, there's no question. I not only did I bury it, I buried it under the lip and couldn't get it out. It was those it's one of the worst shots I've ever hit in my so life. We were done. I mean, the, the week was over at that was point. It, did I, I, oh, yeah, it was. Oh, oh, did, I, oh, did, I, did I quit? So that, no, no, I, no, you I never, never quit. quit. You no. never quit. No, I, would I never should have. Quit. I should have a lot of times. <laughs> that week, maybe you should, you should have. have. As much yeah. as you know, kids don't never quit out there, you should have quit that. Yeah, that right, just right. if nothing else, yeah. for giving. If it was a title fight, my corner would have thrown the towel in. Oh, my God. It was just so painful. And it wasn't. Yeah, we'll leave it, it at that. We'll yeah. leave it at that. Yeah. Anyway, so sorry, you were going. Where were you going with that? I don't know. What, what was I even talking about? The other Catter story. Uh, uh, well, you, you just told me we got four minutes left, so you better remember. Where <laughs> no, that so I do remember. What, what I wanted people to understand though is that you guys help each other out there. You'll yeah. rake bunkers oh, for one another, and and raking a bunker is a huge deal on the PGA Tour. Well, I got I got hammered a you couple of times because I'm not raking it. it well. You yet. know and. I'd played a lot, and I never knew anything about raking yep. the bunkers the way those guys raked the bunkers. Right, and it is a big deal. Yep. Um, so, but yeah, the the coordination of the caddies. Now, when you're out there for a while, it's it's not rocket science. Right. But there's several different things. If one guy's in a bunker, not in a bunker, hit one out of bounds. Who's putting first? All those types of things, and so there's a little bit of a grabbing the pin, handing yeah. the pin off. That, that's what I want to ask you. So let's go. Let's just say you know we're playing uh, in a threesome. And um, we're all in the fairway, and we all hit the green. Who takes the pin? How did how did that all work? Now you're putting me on the spot. I think the uh, closest guy took the pin. That's right. Uh, but you know, I, I, I hesitated there because depending on how far away somebody was, you didn't just grab it without Be, making sure. Right, that because it was okay somebody to grab because it. somebody may needed that yeah. thing attended or something. Yeah, yeah so that, that's back in the day where yeah. the pin was a different rule. Yep. Uh, right, as, you couldn't put with the pin in. Yeah. yeah, and so then you'd pass around, and so. But there's also all, all different kind of considerations. So if one guy's just in the water and his clubs are all messed up and, you know, he's kind of halfway behind and stuff, you would kind of take that into account. And it was great. And I would walk out there, you know me, and introduce myself to the caddies. And I yep. would just say, listen, I am a, a more than raw rookie out here, whether I'd been out for a while, just to show them the respect that I think yep. they deserve being out there all yep. the time. And, you know, and some of them kind of roll their eyes and uh, others, but most of them, for the most part, go, yeah, cool, we got this. Any dust up? Anybody say something to you? I know no, never were... a caddy, but there was that player, and I'm not even going to remember. I re- wish I remember who it was because he kind of said something, you know, that happens again, you know, you're going to get, you know, smacked or, or, or something like that. And I remember just saying to you, like, this could get really interesting because you know I didn't I had no need. Who to was do, that? I don't remember. I do I remember. Don't I do remember, remember that. It was I'm just thinking, it was a regular hothead yep. jerk, and it was just that type of thing. And I think one of them was uh, being rude to one of the lady scorekeepers. Yep. So I was just looking at you, going like, okay, this could get really interesting because. I didn't have to play the game that the other guys did. And right. If the guy was being a jerk, I would have no problem saying. Hey, you're a jerk. You need to, you know, fix this up. So, no. But overall, I thought the guys were fantastic. They were inclusive. And again, I'm walking in there. And the bottom line, too, I'm taking the spot of maybe one of their buddies uh, once in a while who's doing it for a living. Yep. So, I wanted to be respectful and sensitive to that situation. Too. Do you remember the time that you came out? I was. I had a, a really good guy, Tommy. Uh, Tory Pines. Sanderstrom was caddying for me, and uh, you came out, and I said, Tommy. Uh, you're on. You're on. I'm so going to pay you the full amount and yep. everything, but you're on the bench. Give the bag to Pearlie because you caddied for like the last 
12 yeah, holes or something that day. That. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. And, and uh, folks, I don't know if you know that, but you can change a caddy 100 times a hole. You can get a brand new caddy in. You can get as many caddies as you want. You can pull a guy out of the stands and say, hey, man, can Three you carry my like old, old shoes. You just put a different one out if you want <laughs> Well, that's going to wrap up another show, speaking of bad days. <laughs> um, thanks for being with me, Thank Pearl. Thank you. Me, thanks so much for taking care of us over here. And uh, I want to thank Bob and Kathy Donahue. 314-805-2132 is their number. They do great stuff around your house. Refinishing and painting, which which they specialize in. Folks, we will see you next week. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hit them straight, St. Louis. That was Golf with Jay Delsing, brought to you by Whitmore Country Club. Tune in next Sunday for more from Jay, John, and the other pros and experts from the golf world. In the meantime, you can find all of Jay's shows at 101ESPN.com as well as at jdelsinggolf.com.